Okay, we're rolling. Here we go. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Under the Sun Podcast. I am your host, Evan Dixon, and this is a special episode today because I am not recording from the pod room, as I've come to call it, that is essentially just a spare bedroom in my house. Uh, I'm recording from school today. For those of you who don't know, I go to uh, Metropolitan State University down in Denver, and the only day that I have to be on campus is Monday for labs. And I've been here all day. I usually try to get most, if not all, my work done on Monday because I have a part-time job and I wear many different hats and I like to be productive and I like to get school out of the way at the beginning of the week. And also, I've been itching to get an episode out to you guys. I started recording one about two weeks ago. I only got maybe 15 minutes into it and when I came back to it, I was going to build upon it, but... Uh, what I was talking about then was pretty much irrelevant. It was about the NFL, and, you know, two weeks ago, a lot in the NFL has changed, so I thought I'd just scrap and start over. And I knew that I would be here all day, and the moment I got home, I was like, uh, do I really want to do a podcast? So I thought I'd bring my equipment with me and do an episode from school. And this is... This is weird. I mean, I haven't done a podcast episode that wasn't in my house since I ever started the podcast. Like, I think the last one I did that was out of the house was with uh, my teacher, Miss Bashford, and that was like episode three, I want to say. So this is weird. I kind of like it. Uh, MSU is an interesting place. I mainly spend most of my time on the CU Denver campus. So the way it works is there's three different campuses all in one here. So there's Metro where I go to, there's CU Denver, and then there's Colorado Community College is what I think it's called. And I do most of my school online. It's asynchronous where you basically just pace yourself, just make sure you get the work done at the end of the week. And a couple reasons why I chose that. Uh, one, because I was tired of commuting down here. Uh, if I drove, it only took me about 30 minutes, which isn't too bad, but I did have to pay uh, about $8 for parking every day, and it kept adding up, especially since at least last semester, I had to be on campus like four days a week. So you can take the light rail, and so you don't have to park, but it takes about twice as long. It takes me about an hour to get to school to if I take the light rail. So it was kind of like you know, weigh your options. Like, they're both cons. I mean, I don't like doing school online. I am a hands-on visual learner. So I would prefer to be in the classroom, but I'd also prefer not to waste gas money or waste an hour just trying to get down to campus. So because of that, I am doing asynchronous, and I am incapable of studying at home. I can't do it. Um, It's just... Sometimes there's a lot of distractions. Sometimes the dogs will be barking. Or I remember last year I was taking my stats final, and it sounded like a herd of elephants outside. I also do my homework in the podcast room. And I remember Chase just got home, and he was moving all his stuff into his room, I think. And everyone was just coming home, and the walls are really thin at my house, so I was hearing everything. I had to go out twice to be like, can you guys for the love of God, like, I love you, but please, I'm trying to concentrate, and I can't do it with all this 
you know, moving in and out of the house and, you know, Mia and Scout, my two dogs, they're barking. And I, I had to put in like my headphones that were noise canceling and I could still hear them. So once I registered for this semester and I knew it was going to be online, I was like, all right, we got to figure out a system here. We got to figure out how I can do my homework and it's got to be out of the house. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of coming down to campus. So I was like, okay, well, let's start with Starbucks. There's a Starbucks right down the road. And it's not a bad option, to be honest. It's just I can't deal with the house music. Usually it's too loud and it's actually pretty awful. It's like 2010 hits or it's, I don't know, it's something poppy. And I'm like, this is the music that you guys chose. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I can't have any distractions. Like I need to be in a silent room like I am right now. Like I'm in the, currently I'm in the CU like student campus center. And I chose this place because there's a Qdoba downstairs. And that's the only food I will eat on campus because most of it, um, for instance, there's like this small cafe in the science building at MSU, which is where I spend most of my time since I'm a nursing major. And they have this cafe. I ordered a burger there like last week. And it was the equivalent of a McDonald's burger. And it also cost me like $13. And I was like, this is, this is just great. You know, $13 of my hard-earned money is like, I mean, that's, work, that's like an hour at work. And I didn't even finish the burger. So, and then Tivoli, Tivoli's on campus as well. Uh, they have a couple things downstairs. The most I've gone to is Subway, which I don't know why. I can't believe Subway's still in business. I don't go there anymore. The only time I ever went there is when I was at Western because that was, that was the only thing that I would probably eat there. You know, there was a Taco Bell. Um, they used to have a Sonic, but that was before my time at Western. Thank God they took the Sonic out. That is probably one of the worst fast food restaurants I've ever had. But I find it funny. There's just subways everywhere. Like, I can't believe it's just this. I, I can believe that it's such a big chain, but I can't believe how many locations there are. I mean, go to any gas station off the highway, like any highway in the United States, and there will be like a subway inside that gas station. You know, no matter how small the town, like I remember driving to Gunnison you know, you drive through a couple small towns, but there's always a subway. There's a subway everywhere. And I'm, I'm just baffled. Like, I, I wasn't aware of how, how many locations that subway had. And I used to eat a lot as a kid, but I think it's because that was really the only sub sandwich shop that was out at the time. Like, I don't know, maybe there was Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike's and all that, but uh, my parents never took me to that one. Maybe they weren't aware of it. But I started moving on to Silvermine Subs, which was uh, a block away from my house. And then they closed down that location. I was so sad. That was my favorite location. And then I moved on to Jersey Mike's. I was there probably two or three times a week last year. Uh, I, I was in love with it. I thought it was really good. And then, of course, you know, sandwiches is good for you. You know, it's got a lot of calories. It's got a lot of carbs, fats, proteins, all this and that. And <laughs> can you tell I'm taking nutrition? And then one day I threw off, uh, threw off, Jesus, English. I threw up off of it. And this was like 30 minutes before work too. And I just, it kind of hit me. as like, you're kind of going to uh, Jersey Mike's too much. 
So I, I stopped going there. I just, I, I don't think I can eat it anymore. Um, so like, like I was saying, there's a Qdoba in this uh, CU student campus building, whatever they call it. And I, I love Qdoba and it's the only thing that is worth eating on campus. And it's kind of a waste of money because one, it's like $3 more here just because it's in the city and it's on campus. But also I should really, I should really start doing meal prep again. I keep telling myself I'm going to do it so I can just bring two or three meals when I'm on here at campus because I'm usually here for like 12 hours a day or maybe more. So I keep thinking it's time to meal prep and it's also time to get rid of this dad bod that I've developed. But I'm going to put 20 bucks on it now that this podcast will probably be, it will be a two-parter for me. It will be a one-parter for you guys. But it is currently 11.10 right now, p.m., not a.m., by the way. It's 11.10 p.m., and I'm still on campus. I just got finished with chemistry. So I was like, you know what? I've been here this late before, but just right up until now is like the most I've taken it to. I don't know what time this place closes. And I was kind of concerned, like, there's been a lot of janitors, like, coming in and, like, vacuuming and cleaning up. I was like, this is going to be a lot of noise. I'm going to have to move somewhere else. But I'm assuming someone's probably going to come and get me and be like, yo, we got to kick you out. I'm assuming this place closes at 12. Or maybe or maybe they'll just lock me in and I'll spend the night here. You know, get murdered by the Manson family or something. I mean, I could do a whole podcast about this campus and the pros and cons of it. And I might, but I'm going to save that for another episode. I want to get into what I wanted to talk about today. And that is the NFL, baby. One of the best sports, if not the best sport in the world. And it just brings me so much joy when football season comes around. You know, the leaves are changing colors and you get to go to the games. And every Sunday just brings me joy. And I always make sure to get my homework done so I can just have Sunday off. Like Sunday is pretty much the only day I have off from work, from school, from working out, like all, all of it. It's, it's, it's really blissful. And it goes by so quickly, which is unfortunate. A quick side note, though. Speaking of the leaves changing colors, I cannot believe how fast this year has gone by. I feel like St. Patty's Day was like two months ago. And Halloween's coming up here in the next, what are we, six days out? I can't believe it. I just ordered my costume a couple days ago. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we're going as Yzma and Krunk from The Emperor's New Groove. I surely hope you guys have seen that movie. If you haven't seen that movie, you haven't had a childhood. It's one of the best David Spade movies. It has such a great cast. You know, you got John Goodman as, uh, what's his name, Pacha, and you got, what's his name, Patrick Warburton as Krunk. And I'm excited for it. Um, I'm not a huge Halloween person, and I I just don't have any excuse for it. Like, I don't know why. I don't hate Halloween. I mean, I'm not a Scrooge about it. I love it. But for some reason, it just doesn't get me super excited. But, I mean, I I do love dressing up and, you know, at least one night I can feel like cosplay isn't so weird for a guy. (laughs) And then before you know it, we're going to be in November And I don't know about you guys, but I've already been seeing the Christmas commercials. I saw one of John Hamm. I was watching football yesterday, and I saw one with John Hamm. I think it was was like a car commercial. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, we're not even at Halloween yet. I don't understand why we have this big jump. Like, the moment Halloween is over, it's like, all right, set up the Christmas lights, start playing 
All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. If you are those people, um, kindly fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I, I love celebrating Thanksgiving. I mean, you have to celebrate Thanksgiving first. We have to celebrate forcing the natives off their homeland so we could have it, all right? You got to have a nice turkey. You got to have the mashed potatoes. And you got to celebrate us forcefully taking this country by force, all right? <laughs> but I, I really do love Thanksgiving. I mean, I got a great family. You know, not every, no one gets to choose their family. And I happen to luck out with the best one. So I, I love celebrating it. But yeah, I mean, after Thanksgiving is over, crank up the Christmas music. I mean, it's only like a month long. And, you know, every day up until then, I'm cranking. Uh, I think my favorite Christmas song is the Charlie Brown uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving theme. It's one of those two. And, you know, it's 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 the piano where it's like, I strive to play that on the piano. I wish I could play piano. I feel like when I'm old and I got, like, kids and stuff, like, that's when I'm finally going to do it. Because I got a piano, like, a keyboard for Christmas, like, two years ago. I haven't touched it. Not once. Mm-mm. No. I tried learning on YouTube, and, of course, that went very well. Okay. Back to NFL. I'm having a blast this year. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm sorry for... I mean, I'm a Broncos fan, too. I'm sorry for us Broncos fans. It has been so painful to watch. Um, watching them lose against the Jets, I wasn't surprised. I don't think anyone was kind of surprised, especially since Russell Wilson is out for multiple weeks with, I think it's a hamstring injury. That's just great. We're paying this guy $250 million, and he's out. But here's the worst of it, is that when he was not injured, he wasn't doing shit either. I mean, this guy has had two times to turn games around with like a clutch throw to a wide open receiver, and he's just as blind as a bat, I feel like. And I keep seeing it all over the internet. I'm like, what are you doing out there? What are you looking at? And I've always wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because I know there was a lot of discrepancies with you know, Carroll in Seattle with Russell. So when we brought him here, I was like, this is justice for Russell. This is justice for Denver. This is going to be great, okay? And the past five weeks has just been absolutely atrocious. Um, it looks like they did nothing in the offseason. Nathan Hackett cannot coach. And I, I honestly thought that was a good pickup. I thought we did everything right in the offseason. We got a new head coach, and Hackett's from Green Bay. He coached Aaron Rodgers. I thought that was a great pick. One of the things that I hated about the New York Giants when they hired Joe Judge is the guy was a fucking special teams coach. And I'm not saying, like, you know, a special teams coach isn't cut out to be one, but I would have chosen a defensive coordinator. They're like, there was so many other people I would choose before choosing a special teams coordinator. And the only thing we wanted to look at is like, well, you know, he won a couple Super Bowls with the Patriots. Yeah, that's right. But he's a special teams coach. I just don't think they're cut out for the head coach position. But with Hackett, he was like an offensive coordinator. I was like, this is a good move. And then what happened the first three weeks? Hackett didn't even know how to manage the play clock. I was watching the Seattle game here on campus, actually, because I had lab on Monday. And I just, you know, the last two minutes of the game, he just let the clock roll down. And then the solution for that is for him to hire a play clock, like, manager. 
I just don't think you're cut out to be a head coach if you have to hire somebody to manage the play clock. And even with the play clock manager we've had over the weeks, like I haven't seen the offense get that much better. And it's just been a lot of simplistic plays. And I think Russell is looking a lot like Drew Locke out there. He's overthrowing everybody. He's missing throws. And it's been really, really painful to watch. And I know Eli Manning made a joke. He's like, we should be paying the kicker $250 million instead of Russell. And I couldn't absolutely agree more. I know it was a joke, but I don't even know his name, which is surprising because he's always out on the field. But he's the one who is saving Denver along with the defense. I think our defense is one of the top five ranked. But then you have the offense that is like one of the least five ranked. And it's been tough being a Denver Broncos fan this year. Because we did all the right things, but we have absolutely, and I mean nothing, to show for it. But, you know, go across the country for the NFC East division. Uh, You are a happy fan. Me being a New York Giants fan, I am having an absolute blast this season. Uh, Just like the Broncos, I think the Giants made all the right decisions during the offseason. You hired Brian Dable. As head coach, you hired Joe Schuen as the GM. Like, we cleared house. We're like, we're tired of going four and, uh, what is it, 13, 14 every year? Because now, what, there's 17 games in the season? And to now be six and one is awesome. I mean, I'm used to every week just being let down by the Giants. And then, you know, once every other month, they'll win a game and I'll be like, yay, we finally got one. It's awesome to see Saquon back. I remember thinking around this time last year that the Giants should release him. This is his last year in his contract. And we're just paying him too much money for him to be hurt all the time. And plus, I think a lot stands on the coaches, too. I don't think he's had the right coaching there ever since he's been there. And he's clearly the only reason why he's making plays is because of himself. It's not because of the offensive line. It's not because of the coaching. Like, he's a playmaker. And that's pretty much the only reason why he's been successful in any way possible, in my opinion. But now that we have a better line this year, I thought we did great with the draft, and we have a new coaching staff. He's he's really balled out. And I think we should pick up his extension for his contract. And speaking of contract extensions, let's talk about Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, baby. Uh, he's grown on me. Uh, I think his second or third year is when he when he grew on me. He's in his fourth or fifth year now. So he's grown on me for a couple years, even though he's been kind of controversial. Uh, for the past four years, he either shows up or he doesn't. He has one good game, he has another bad game. It's, it's really 50-50, and you never know which one he's going to be on game day. He was terrible with ball security anytime a defender touched him, he would fumble the ball and it would be, you know, a fumble recovery for pick six, for six. And this year, he just he just keeps getting better year after year. I'm not saying he's a pro right now. I don't think he's anywhere close to Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. And I think there's a lot of debate if he is going to get there. I personally don't think so, but, you know, look at Josh Allen. He was god-awful his first and second year and now that guy's a star and he's a baller so I think anything's possible it's very possible but this year 
he he has minimized all his mistakes. And what I mean minimize, like they're almost non-existent. You know, he gets tackled. He holds onto the ball. If he runs, he doesn't trip. Uh, he's making great decisions with passing. He, I, I think he's thrown like one or two picks that honestly might have not even been his fault. I remember there was one interception. It just went off uh, the New York Giants receiver's hands, and then the defense uh, picked it off. wasn't even his fault. I don't know if I want to pick him up for a second a second contract. I don't know. I think if I knew shit about college football, I could tell you. Like, if there's a good quarterback coming next year, I would say so. But if not, I don't know. Maybe keep him for another year or two. But it's been fun watching the New York Giants. Everyone's sleeping on them. And I totally get that because for the past five years, we've been 4-12. and 12. But the fact that we're 6-1 and one and people are still sleeping on them, I think... I just don't think that's fair. You got to give them a little bit of credit. I've, you know, there's been two times where someone messaged me or they told me like, you're the worst five and one team in the NFL. And I'm like, okay, well, one, you don't have room to talk. Your team's two and four. But second, like it's better to be the worst five and one team because personally, yeah, maybe we are. But I'd rather be the worst five and one team than the best, you know, two and four team. So... Yeah, it's been fun. The NFC East are, is now called the NFC Beast because most teams, and I, and when I mean most, I mean the Eagles and the Cowboys. So the Commanders are not doing that good. But the other three teams are absolutely killing it. The uh, fucking birds, the goddamn birds, I fucking hate the birds, the fucking Eagles. Anyway, um, the Eagles are undefeated, the only undefeated team in the NFL. And at first, I thought it was dumb luck. You know, I they're like, oh, yeah, you're 4-1. and one. Well, you haven't even played a good team. So, yeah, you would be 4-1. and one. It's kind of like the same thing with the Giants. You know, we've had a pretty easy schedule. But, you know, when you take down Green Bay, you, like we've always been the underdog in every single game. And taking down good teams like Green Bay, the Tennessee Titans, and who else did we win against last week? Um, Baltimore Ravens. You got to give a little bit of credit there. And I'll give credit where it's due for the Philadelphia Eagles. They are something special. Definitely Super Bowl contenders. I know everyone says that, but it's true. I watched them two weeks ago. I can't remember against who. I think it was Minnesota or something, but oh, fuck. They look good. I'm so scared to play them. The Giants and Eagles usually don't play to like the very end of the season. So I'm kind of scared. And... Uh, the Cowboys are four and two, so there's it's this constant battle with the three teams, and I keep thinking, you know, somebody's gonna lose besides the Giants. It's gonna either be the Eagles or the Cowboys, and then that's gonna be our chance to strike, and we're gonna move up in that first place spot. But it doesn't happen. Like every week. All three teams keep winning. It's fun, though. You know, I love the competition. The NFC East has been the NFC least the past five years. So, you know, I'm all I'm all for it. And then it's interesting to see the other teams that have been juggernauts the past years that are have losing records now. Tom Brady lost again. Uh, hang on. Oh, I thought that was someone coming to get me. I'm really waiting for someone coming to get me. It's 11... It's almost 11.35 now. I should probably leave, but I'm not going to. Um, 
yeah, Tom Brady is like three and four now. And Green Bay's also like three and four. It's it's really interesting to see teams that you never would have thought would even have a winning record. Like, how about the New York Jets? Like, I'm, it sucks that we lost to them because we should not have had, like, the game should not even been close. But they're five and two. The Giants are five and two. Um, but I think that's what makes the NFL fun. It's it's no fun when it's the same five teams that are going to be in the playoffs every year. And then, you know, the Super Bowl is going to be home to, you know, the Bucks or Green Bay or Baltimore or the Chiefs. It's it, it's fun to see other teams at least have a running, have a running chance, you know. And that's just one of the reasons why I don't like basketball. I feel like it's the same five teams every year. It's either Milwaukee or it's the Lakers or it's um, the Miami Heat. It's 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 always one of those teams. And one of the things that bothers me about the Lakers, and I, you know what, I think the Rams kind of did this last year too, the Los Angeles Rams. I just think they bought themselves a Super Bowl. You know, they got all the good players – and I, there was even a salary cap scandal with the LA Rams. I'm like, of course there was, because you literally bought yourself a Super Bowl. I hate it when that happens. And you can argue that the Yankees are doing that and other teams are doing that. And most of it's true. I just, can you imagine just putting like the top 56 people in the NFL on one team? Like it, it, it would be a landslide. It would be them every single year. Like no one would have a chance. So it's, it, it's really nice to see other teams taking up the mantle for once. Um, I was kind of hoping the Broncos, cause I don't think we've been to the playoffs since like 2015. Since we won Super Bowl 50, we haven't been in the playoffs, but the next thing I want to lead into is um, the Broncos versus the Indianapolis Colts game because me, my girlfriend, and my friend we went to that, and wow, was that a shit show! I don't. I'm, I've already talked enough about the Broncos, so I won't go too much into detail. But but one good thing did come out of that game, and that was me coming out to my girlfriend. Uh, an opportunity presented itself. I shot my shot, and. I was kind of surprised, to be honest. So a little bit of background for you guys. If you didn't know, I'm bisexual, but I'm sure most people did know that. I, a lot of people listened to that episode. And I'm not one to talk about it a lot. And it's not because of shame. Like, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm, I'm bi and proud. It's just I don't feel the need to make it a part of my personality or, like, bring it up every day. I mean, I don't know. I've never felt the need to hang a bi flag in my room or, you know, go on social media and talk about bisexuality all the time or go on TikTok or social media and talk about it all the time. I don't. I don't feel the need to do that. So... And I don't even talk about it on here a lot. I mean, I made the episode with Lido so I can just get it all out at once. I don't have to repeat the story. And then it's there for you guys to listen. And then if you have questions, like, I'll answer them. And, you know, you can always come to me. And I'm comfortable with talking about it. But other than that, I mean, I'm just living my truth and doing me. So... 
me and my girlfriend, we met in early May. I can't remember a specific date of when we got exclusive, but when we did, I wanted to tell her right away, I'm an upfront, honest person. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I didn't want any secrets going into this relationship. And I wanted to tell her. The only problem was is that she came from a Catholic background. And I just feel like with Catholics, it's a hit or miss, and I wasn't sure what she was going to say. So months and months go on. I'm basically still in the closet about this. And I was just trying to think of a right time to tell her. And it sucks that there's really just no playbook on how to do it. Like I, I don't think there's really a specific time of when to tell her. Uh, I think it really just depends on when you're ready and when you want her to know. And part of me was hoping that she was going to listen to the episode of Lido and I. Um, but she didn't. Like, I was kind of waiting for her just one day to be like, hey, I listened to your podcast episode with Leo. And I was like, oh, thank God, because you know what? I didn't know how I was going to tell you. I'm glad it didn't come out that way, though. I'm glad I got to tell her myself. So the way the events unfolded of me coming out to my girlfriend, it started at the Broncos game. I always post a picture on Snapchat. And I think halfway through the second quarter, uh, this guy slid up on my story. And this guy, I won't say his name, but we met on Tinder probably two years ago. And he really helped me with what I was feeling with my sexuality at the time. Um, I remember I was in so much denial about my sexuality and... It was so bad to the point where I was like, anything you've ever done with a guy, you're taken to the grave, you're going to put yourself in conversion therapy, yada, yada, yada. It was, it was really bad. And this guy was the first guy that I could talk to about this stuff. And he really helped me with, you know, it's, it's okay to feel these feelings. I mean, it, it, it's completely natural. And, you know, he really helped me dig out dig myself out of this giant hole of self-hatred I had for myself. Like everything about my sexuality, I hated about myself. You know, I hated that I found a guy's attractive, you know, that I think about this and that. It was, it, it was really bad. And he was the first guy that wasn't a gigantic piece of shit that actually wanted to help instead of hooking up with me. Because, you know, to shed a little light on um, gay men, um, at least in my experience, most of them, they are shallow. They basically just want to have sex with you. And I'm over here feeling feelings that I'm trying to figure out, you know, and I didn't know at the time, like I kind of needed, you know, someone in somewhat the same shoes to talk about it with. So anyway, he's like, dude, I'm one section the left of you. And I was like, dude, no way. Like, you want to meet up at the game? Like, you can meet my girlfriend. You can meet my friend. Um, <laughs> let's just say he wasn't happy about that. I think, I don't know what his intentions were, but the moment I told him I had a girlfriend, uh, he left me on red, which is fine. I mean, I don't care. I just wanted to see how he was. I mean, it's been two years, and he really helped me with my feelings. So when I was texting this guy, um, my girlfriend was looking at me texting him and, uh, 
the guy goes, uh, does she know you're bi? And uh, my girlfriend goes, wait, wait, are, are you bi? Um, she, she didn't believe it. She's like, ah, there ain't no way you're bi. Because she knows, like, I have homophobia. <laughs> so she didn't really believe it at first. Um, we, that was really actually the entire conversation about it uh, at the game because I was too busy dealing with the abomination of what was the Indianapolis Colts versus the Denver Broncos. But um, after that, uh, uh, we go home. And it's kind of been on my mind, like, most of the game. And I just don't think, obviously, that was the right place to talk about it. I mean, I wanted to have an in-depth conversation about it. So once I get home, I uh, I start, like, Snapchat. And I was like, hey, thanks for coming to the game. I had the bestest time with you. The bestest time? Oh, fuck, I'm a retard. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just some of the retard moments I have is really, really entertaining for you guys, I'm sure. Um, let's try that in proper grammar this time. Hey, um, I had the best time with you. Thanks for coming. Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, I can't remember most of the conversation that led up to it because I was just, like, dying to tell her. Um, so... We kind of have some casual conversations, and then we just start Snapchatting our faces, and I was like, all right, this is definitely me. I, I think now it's definitely time to pull the trigger. And I was like, hey, uh, I got a question for you. She's like, shoot. I was like, would you care if I was bisexual? And, you know, the moment I sent that, um, my heart sank because, you know, I just knew there was no going back, which is fine. Like, I was... I was proud of it, but I was just so scared of her reaction, you know? I mean, this is a girl who means the world to me, who makes me want to be a better man. I mean, this, I'm like head over heels for this woman. And the thought of losing her over something as silly as sexuality, like, you know, that didn't really play well in my brain. I was like, oh my God, what if I lose her because of my sexuality? But also at the same time, I knew when I sent it, I had a good feeling about it because I've put out feelers there for the past, um, I don't know, how many months ago was May? I don't know, however many months ago. You know, I've like three or four times I put out casual feelers to see if she was homophobic and she isn't. Um you know, she's, she's told me, she's like, you know, I'm really not that kind of Catholic, but you know, I was still overthinking like, okay, she's not homophobic, but what if she found out like the guy that she's exclusive with or dating is bisexual, you know, like I wasn't sure how she was going to take it. I wasn't sure if she was going to be super shocked that she was going to leave or, you know, she wasn't going to care. And, you know, at this point in our relationship, um, I just kind of knew like, I don't know what this woman sees in me because I'm a fucking wreck, but, you know, I can tell she really cares for me and she wasn't going to care if I was bisexual. And that's exactly what the response was. She's like, I don't care, babe, you do you. And, you know, just instant relief and nearly shed a tear because I finally got to tell her, like, I got it off my chest and... 
you know, that was easily like one of the biggest things that I was hoping she was going to accept. And she did. And it was, it was great. And then I think she responded with, I just hope you choose, you know, who and what makes you happy. And I was like, that is you 100%. I mean, this is a girl that every day I wake up and she's the first person I want to talk to. She's the last person at night that I want to talk to. And, you know, she makes me feel you feelings that I haven't felt in so long. And I was like, that is 100% you. And now that you know basically everything about me, you're stuck with me. You're fucked. Like, I hope you know what you got into. She's like, joke's on you. I'm the bigger wreck, bitch. That fucking woman, she's so great. It's just one of the reasons why we get along so well is because we're both broken records, but there's really... There's also great parts in that broken record about ourselves. And we just click so easily. Like, it's it's not even hard to talk to this woman and vice versa. Um, Holy shit, I am at the... 37 minute mark I usually try to keep these to uh 30 minutes um this will be episode number 97 I believe and oh I gotta power through guys I gotta power through I'm gonna get to episode 100 I will do it and then I gotta cut off this podcast until I graduate at least because I barely have free time I barely have time for a single free thought okay um I'm always itching to get them out to you guys too. So with the last, let's see, 98, 99. So for the last three episodes, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. I know I already recorded a podcast with Jake Gittins like a month ago. I just, I haven't edited it yet. And I used to have a guy that edited it for me. And then I just kind of, I stopped asking him to edit them because it was kind of expensive. Like it was worth it, but it's also, it wasn't worth it at the same time, you know? So I'm going to edit it myself. That's a good conversation we're going to have. So for the other two, I'm not sure. Um, There might be guests, there might not be. It's really hard to do with being in school and also just not being a celebrity where you can fucking ask every, like anyone on the planet to come on your podcast. (laughs) If you want to come on my podcast, by the way, like DM me. I mean, I, I'd love to have a conversation about it at least. Like I can't guarantee you, you'd come on the podcast, but, um, you know, let's talk about it because I do love ranting. Don't get me wrong, but I also thrive off of people. And that's what I tried to do with this podcast through its hundred, uh, episode lifespan is, you know, get guests when you can. But when you can, just go rant about shit. I mean, I love doing that. You know, me, me, my brothers, my mom, we were we were just born to be ranters. So, <laughs> um, by the way, a quick side note. Um, it is now 12.20 in the morning, and I'm still here at school. And no one's kicked me out yet. And I'm starting to think that I'm locked in. So, if I am, I'll probably get TikTok famous, because I will be filming it. I mean, I don't know how no one kicked me out, but...
I don't know. I'll let you know how that goes, all right? All right, guys. I will see you for the last three episodes of Under the Sun Podcast.